Uh, hello, ma'am. Welcome to Love Heals Cancer and Zenonco.io. I'm Justina from Zenonco.io. This is our Cancer Healing Journey talk where we invite speakers who have gone through cancer, maybe as a patient, caregiver, or survivor. These CHs are very close to our hearts because uh, many patients tell us that when they listen to others' journey, they inspire and also they get inspired. It helps them to boost the confidence and gives them hope that if others can beat this disease successfully, why can't they? So thank you so much, ma'am, for joining today's CHS session, ma'am. Uh, so could you please introduce yourself and tell us how it all began? Um, I'm Susan Rienzo. And um, what was your other question? Uh, sorry, ma'am. You, you, uh, what, what was your other question besides my name? Yes, ma'am. Could you please uh, introduce yourself and also tell us how your cancer journey began? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Susan Rienzo. Um, it, my cancer journey began in 2016 um, because I was feeling some unusual discomfort on my lower right side. And, and I had gone to the doctor a few times, but they couldn't really find anything wrong. And they did some ultrasounds and some blood tests and other things and x-rays and nothing showed, but it was starting to get worse. And it woke me up at night once. And I thought, um, well, I really wasn't going to go back to the doctor. Honestly, my husband said I should go because, you know, it was still bothering me. And um, the doctor thought maybe it was gall uh, kidney stones or something. So he sent me for a CT scan and then immediately they called me before the end of the day and said they saw a mass that looked very, you know, worrisome and it was ovarian cancer. So ma'am, do you have any history in family with cancer? No. Okay. Well, my father had prostate cancer, but you know, no, nothing other than that. And um, I actually had the genetic testing done after I was diagnosed and I didn't have the, the genes or the BRAC one or two genes. So it was just kind of a fluke, I guess. So ma'am, as you said that uh, there's no family history from your side. So no. what was your reaction when you got to know that uh, you have cancer and what about your family? How did they respond? Well, obviously everyone was very worried and upset. I I just kind of, I think I just went into shock. I, I don't, you know, when I think back on that time, it's hard to really remember it clearly. It's kind of a blur. Um, you know, I told my husband first and um, I just remember that first night we just took a walk outside because we didn't know what else to do. You know, we could just sit and watch TV and, you know, so we just walked and uh, telling my kids was hard. I have two kids and at the time I had only one granddaughter. Now I have four and, and two more grandchildren on the way. Um, and we were, you know, we had plans. My one daughter was engaged, was getting married the following year. We had a family trip planned and, you know, um, it was very alarming and, and it looked very bad. It was stage four and it was 
it presented in an unusual way. So they weren't sure if it was in my liver because it was right up against my liver. Um, but I was referred to an excellent oncologist who only treats ovarian cancer. He doesn't treat any other type of cancer, only, you know, I guess I should say reproductive cancers. And um, he, he wanted his own MRI done. He wanted another test done. So he looked at that and he said, um, it is right up against your liver, but I, you know, we can do this. It's, it's not, I don't think it's in the liver and we'll just treat it with chemo and surgery. And, you know, he's just like, let's just do it. And he just had a great attitude. Like he wasn't, he didn't always talk like a doctor. Like he was like a human, but he, he was very, not like he didn't take it lightly, but he wasn't all like doom and gloom. And he was just very confident and very caring and warm. So, you know, he made me feel confident. Yeah, ma'am, I agree um, that uh, support from the medical expert and your family is very important during this, yeah. you know, whole journey. I, I had a lot of support. Like I had so much support from family and friends that just, that's what got me through. You know, I actually just had my five-year anniversary, no, six years, six years. And I saw the doctor again that, you know, treated me. And uh, he said, what was your secret? Because I, we've never had anyone with stage four ovarian cancer that beat it with only one round of chemo. Most people have to come back for more rounds. And I said, I don't know. I thought you were my secret. <laughs> like, I didn't know I was so unusual. He said, really, what did you do? Did you eat differently? Did you take this? I'm like, no, I just did what you told me to do. But I did have a lot of support and a lot of people praying for me. And, and I really think that did a lot to get me through. And I did, I mean, as soon as I started chemo, I mean, I don't know if you know about ovarian cancer and how they test your blood, but there's an antigen called CA125 that they test that is supposed to be less than 35. And mine was like four or 5,000 when I started, it was so high. And as soon as I started with the chemo, it started dropping dramatically. And um, <clears throat> so I had, they, what, what they wanted to do was shrink it and then go in and surgically remove it and then do more chemo to make sure it was gone. Um, and I told him we had this family trip coming up. This was April. We were going away in beginning of June. And he said, no, that's fine. We'll do five rounds of chemo. You go on your trip. And then when you come back, we'll do the surgery. And then we'll let you rest or recover for a month. Then we'll do more chemo. So they, they and he actually had to call in a, a liver specialist because it was right up against my liver. And he had a second backup surgeon. So when I met with with the liver specialist, he kind of scared me because he was like, you know, telling me all the things that could go wrong. You could bleed out. This could happen. That could happen. It's very tricky. We have to make sure we're ready. I have to review all the, the, the x-rays and all the, everything before we do it. And I, I like, I walked out of there pretty shaken up because um, it was a tricky surgery, but it went great. By the time they did the surgery, it was already, they said, kind of liquefied and, um, I had the surgery. I was in the hospital for six days and then I started chemo again a month later. And I, I think I did 17 treatments altogether of chemo. And then that was it ever since then. It's been, it's been good. Not good. I still get my CA 125 tested every 
Well, I was doing it every three months. Now it's like every four to six months. And I was getting exams every six months, but now it's once a year. It's good, ma'am, that you finally overcame it. And uh, uh, though it was stage four, but you you have defeated the this disease very successfully. So, and you're doing very well. I can see that. Yeah, I'm very, feeling good, very healthy. You know, I did lose my hair from the chemo and that was kind of traumatic. I wore a wig and then I ended up shaving my head and, and then it started growing back right away. Um, my friends used to joke that I was the only person they knew that actually thrived on chemo because I never really looked that sick. I never really felt that sick. I never really lost my appetite or got nauseous that much. I, I had this, I have a wonderful friend her name's Lauren and she wanted to take me pretty much every week. She, she drove, she lives like 45 minutes away from me, but she would drive to my house, pick me up. We'd go to chemo. She'd keep me company. Then we'd go to lunch afterwards because we made like a fun day out every week. So she was just awesome. I just had so many good friends. It just makes me almost choke up talking about it because I had so many good people in my life that kept me going. That's really sweet, ma'am. And you're really blessed to have such wonderful uh, hearted people actually. So ma'am, uh, as you said that uh, you were diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer and it was very shocking from your side. So how, and the chemo was also, it's never uh, a smooth journey with chemo. Well, it's so, not fun, yeah. Yeah, so how did you manage your emotional and mental well-being during those times? Um. You know, it's funny because my hardest time was after I had the surgery. I was already kind of on the road to recovery um, because I'd already had the chemo that really worked well. And then they, the surgery went really well. And I thought, you know, I should feel really happy now. But after the surgery, I sort of got depressed and I... I kind of read about it that that's not uncommon, you know, post-surgical depression. Um, And I think it's almost like everything sort of hit me then at that point, you know, I, before that I was just on autopilot, just doing what I had to do and, you know, hoping, staying positive. But then it was like, wow, like this, this was a lot, you know, I don't know. I just, after the surgery, I, I just was surprised that I didn't feel more upbeat, um, but I guess it was just all catching up with me. So that was a little hard, I remember. And then I couldn't work for a while, you know, so I was kind of like, I like to be active. Like I'm a very busy person. I don't stay home a lot. So being kind of stuck at home for a while and not being able to drive and do what I wanted to do was probably part of it. <clears throat> Um, and I just kind of told myself, you know, this is your time to take it easy. If you just want to rest and take a nap some days or just, you know, whatever, it's okay. You don't have to be going, you know, all the time. Um, I listened to the radio and I tried to do things when I was home alone that, you know, like listen to music and talk to people on the phone and just try to do th- read, do things that kept me as occupied as I could and kept my mind off it. But, you know, eventually it, I came out of it, but it, you know, it lasted a few months. 
So um, I'm just loving people and not being afraid to show your emotions. I think like I remember going out to ice cream with one friend and and I was getting kind of emotional and and she said, you know, it's okay to feel sad or to cry or to be, you know, emotional. It's okay. You don't have to be strong and, and hide it. So that was, you know, that was good advice. Yes, ma'am. That's that's actually true. It's okay to be not to be okay. Right. That's true. So, ma'am, uh, there would be times where you'll be thinking that, you know, you will be wanting to give up and it's it's hard to handle. So how did you cope with those times? Well, honestly, I never really thought I wanted to give up. I I, I know, like I, I told you, I had my daughter's wedding the following year. I had my grandchild and... Um, <clears throat> Actually, and the day the day that I finished chemo, my oldest daughter told me she was pregnant with her second, and my other daughter had her second uh, the following year. They were only like a few months apart, so I had like my family to be there for. Like there were people that I felt still depended on me, and that kept me going. You know, there's a lot of people that are in my life that are you know, I guess I'm kind of central in their life and they're central in my life. So giving up wasn't really an option. Yeah, I've always true. just been a very positive, upbeat person. I mean, this tests you, but um, thank God, you know, it went well. And it was really, um, like I said, it started in April and by the end of September, I was done with chemo. So it was like six months. So, you know, crazy six months, but it was like six months out of my life. And then ever since then, it's been going well with my health. So That's I still think enough. about it. You, know, you, you still worry. You still worry when you feel any kind of little twinge or anything, it, it, you know, brings you back to, you know, how it could have gone a different way. I mean, I was lucky because it was, because it was up against my liver, I could feel it. That was causing the discomfort because your liver's kind of sensitive. If it was not, I might not have felt it until it was, you know, more advanced. Yeah, yeah ma'am, you were very fortunate enough to uh, get diagnosed in the, uh, yeah, as you said, before the stage of getting worsened. And also, you have a lot to see, ma'am. There is great grandchildren and also so yeah yeah ma'am as you said the, there is hope uh, we should have hope and faith in ourselves to beat any disease so um just uh, during that journey itself uh, there would be many changes that might have happened for example diet plan and your lifestyle changes so what were those changes uh, that you went through during your cancer treatment and you still are following? Well, I mean, I couldn't, as I said, I couldn't be as active, um, but I didn't really change my lifestyle that much. Like, honestly, I didn't change my diet that much. I, I, I was never... Like, I'm just like a middle of the road eater. Like, I don't eat a lot of junk food or fast food, but I, I'm, not, I'm not like a vegetarian or 
somebody who eats super healthy either. So I just kind of kept doing what I was doing. I mean, um, you know, as soon as I was able to get back into working out and doing the things I wanted to do, I did them. So I can't say there was a dramatic change to my lifestyle or my diet. Oh, um, good to know. So uh, what would be your three big learnings from this journey? Um, well, I guess you have to appreciate each day. For, I mean, we should all know that, but you know, you yeah. just never know from day to day. Like I got up that day not thinking anything unusual is going to happen. And by the end of the day, I realized I was dealing with cancer. Um, and taking, you know, responsibility for your health, um, listening to your body, uh, because I could have just brushed it aside and not really kept pursuing it because like I, I did go to the doctor a couple times and they didn't really see anything wrong. So, but I just felt like something wasn't right. <clears throat> you know, besides the discomfort I was having, there were just weird things. Like I was more tired. And I remember one morning I woke up and I was so cold, but it wasn't like the kind of cold where you could just put a blanket on. It was like, I was cold from the inside. It was just very strange. And it just, you know, felt like something was off. So I, you know, you have to advocate sometimes for yourself. And, and I mean, my doctor was good. He kept doing tests, but if he didn't, then I probably would have gone to someone else. Um, so that, and um, I just discussed the power of positive thinking. Uh, I really do think that makes a difference. I mean, I am spiritual. I do pray, um, but it's just not dwelling on the negative and, and then letting people, you know, letting people help you because I'm usually probably more often wanting to be helping other people. But in this case, I needed to let people take care of me and you know, that helps the people in your life too, because they want to do something and they don't really know what to do. So if they feel like they're doing something to help that, it, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when you, when you uh, take out and gives the positive energy around that only gets back to you. So that's really true. And uh, in the cancer journey also, it's very important to, you know, have the accessibility of good medical experts because it's very hard to get diagnosed with cancer when one has. Yeah. So you yeah. were very fortunate enough that your doctor did multiple tests and you got diagnosed. And, and then I was very fortunate to find such a good oncologist. And he was like literally right down the street. But I know some women came from other parts of the country just to see him because he was very you know good at what he did so yeah I was lucky in a lot of ways sure you know at first I felt like my body let me down because you know I got cancer but then I felt like okay it dropped the ball but it did what it needed to do to get better and it responded well to the treatment and it did everything 
after that. So I forgave it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I believe that you are now a stronger version of your mentally and physically now. Mm -hmm. So, ma'am, uh, as you have successfully beaten this disease, so uh, what would be one message that you want to give to the caregivers and patients, cancer patients and caregivers? Um, hmm. Well, sometimes I think caregivers, they're always trying to keep people positive which is good. I mean, you have to do that, but you have to realize that sometimes you have to let them be, feel what they feel. Because I, I remember actually when my mother-in-law had cancer and, and she was always a very positive person, but then she didn't, you know, last very long when she got cancer, sadly, she passed away. And I remember my, her daughter, my sister-in-law was trying to get, you know, get her to, you know, just be, she was having a bad day and she was trying to make her happier and she's like i'm just just let me can i not have one bad day because i don't this is not you know a good thing that's happening so just let me feel what i want to you know feel and and even when i had that bout of depression after you know my surgery and all that i remember my husband saying one day why do you you know why are you so negative like why are you being like that you know you're being and I'm like well you know I had cancer and I, it's like kind of a lot to deal with like sometimes people just don't understand they, they want you to move on and that's good you do need to move on but you also need to deal with your feelings and everybody maybe like kind of prods you to just okay let's go let's get past this but you have to do it at your own pace and you have to allow yourself to do it at your own pace and people have to allow you to do that I mean, obviously, if someone's deeply depressed or something and they need help, they need to get them help. But, you know, that doesn't mean you have to, like, rush through your feelings either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to the patients? Um, just let people help you. Um, have faith. And if you don't have confidence in your doctor, then find someone that you feel better about. Because you have to have, you have to believe that they can, they know what to do to make you better. I mean, I think you have to believe it for it to happen. And you can't really fake that. If somebody's just not giving you that feeling like they're sure that of what they're doing and, and you agree and it's all going well, then you need to find somebody who does. Um, and, you know, listen to what they say. Uh, and, you know, chemo, I want to say this because a lot of people are afraid of chemo. And I remember right before I started, I was having more symptoms and the nurse said, you know what, you're supposed to start in two days. Let's just start tomorrow. Let's just get you, let's just get you better. Like they looked at it as this is what's going to make you better. It's a good thing. And it really isn't as horrible as it was years ago. Like they fine-tune the meds so much that the side effects are much less than they used to be. So don't be afraid of that because that's, for me, I mean, that's what cured me. And uh, it was, it, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but chemo is your friend because that's probably the best treatment 
that you're gonna have. So don't be afraid of it. It's, you know, they have, they have meds for every possible side effect now. And when you're having it, like if anything does feel off, tell them right away. Because I remember going through chemo one day and I started feeling this tingling sort of backache and I didn't say anything right away. And one of the other patients, cause there would be like maybe seven of us in the room. And one of the other patients heard me telling, my husband was with me that day and she heard me telling him and she said, oh no, you have to tell the nurse, tell the nurse right away. And I told her, she goes, oh yeah, if you feel anything like that, you have to tell us because then we have to tweak it. Because if you didn't, it would have become a very bad backache. Like it would have been really painful. So don't be afraid to speak up and ask questions. I'm a big believer in questions and reach out for help. There's a lot of people out there that want to help too. Like our church helped. They gave us, I think, maybe $500 just to help with expenses. And the city that I live in, they'll you know, if you're going through something like this, they'll like give you a couple months credit on your utility bills, things like that. You know, there was a free wig I got from, I mean, I bought a wig, but then there was another second wig I got for free from I think the American Cancer Society. It was a very nice wig. So, you know, hopefully they, hopefully your caregiver, your, your doctors and everything will put you in touch with the right resources. So you don't have to do it all on your own to find people who you know can help. I agree. That's so true. So, ma'am, uh, as I said, the six months you had this cancer, and it was though every moment matters, but the six month was a lot for you, and you're not never gonna forget the six months of your life. So, just to sum up this, uh, just a chapter of your life. Uh, in one sentence, what would it be? Um, I guess, I mean, this isn't really original, but it's really what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like you find you have more strength than you thought maybe when you get through something like this. And then maybe everything else you know, the typical day-to-day -day problems don't seem so, so much to worry about anymore. Nice, ma'am. That's true. So, ma'am, thank you so much, ma'am, for joining today's uh, Cancer Healing Journey talk. Oh, it was great listening me. to you. And also, ma'am, it was very inspiring as well. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And we wish you all the very best. Thank you so much. I just wish the best to everyone out there going through this. I hope it helps someone. It's definitely okay. going to help, ma'am. Thank you so much, ma'am. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.